Hello, and welcome to Show Me History. I'm your host, Amy Blankenship. The Piasa bird is a local legend. Today is represented by a painting on the bluffs of the Great River Road near Alton, Illinois. Steeped in folklore and tradition, the Piasa bird has an intriguing history. Maybe my family made the Sunday afternoon drive over to Alton a little too early in my childhood because I gotta let you know, this painting and the tales behind it scared the dickens out of me as a child. And not learning from my own life, I decided to tell my kids the legend. They always asked me to tell spooky ghost stories and scary stories, so I figured, why not? This resulted in one of my kids crying and saying that I'm scary. To be perfectly honest, until I did research for this episode, I was still fairly skeeved out by the story myself. So perhaps this particular episode is not one to listen to right before bedtime. The Piasa bird is a petroglyph, or a pictograph, a sign language incised in stone. It depicts a large bird-like animal. Sitting high in the bluffs, it is the largest Native American painting ever found in North America. It was first discovered by Europeans in 1673 by, you guessed it, our favorite explorers, Jacques Marquette and Louis Joliet. Marquette was a missionary and fluent in several native languages. On a particular trip to the region, the group came across the painting of the Piasa bird. Marquette wrote, quote, While skirting some rocks, which by their height and length inspired awe, we saw upon one of them two painted monsters, which at first made us afraid, upon which the boldest savages dare no longer rest their eyes. They are large as a calf, they have horns on their heads like those of a deer, a horrible look, red eyes, a beard like a tiger's, a face somewhat like a man's, a body covered with scales, and a long tail that winds all around the body, passing above the head and going back between the legs, ending in a fish tail. Green, red, and black are the three colors composing the picture. Moreover, these two monsters are so well painted that we cannot believe that any savage in their author, for good painters in France, would find it difficult to reach that place conveniently paint them. LaSalle has also made mention of the painting in his journals while exploring the area. It was observed by Marquette, Joliet, and others that Native Americans passing the painting on the bluffs would shoot arrows at it, and later observers mentioned shooting bullets at it. No one is sure if this was done in hatred or in an odd form of offering. Some Native Americans stopped at the site and offered sacrifices and burnt offerings in an attempt to appease the Piasa. So how did this giant mural come to be? There are quite a few theories about who painted this scary beast so high on the bluffs. Um, the first being local Native American tribes, the Illini or the Mississippian. It's mostly unlikely that the painting was done by the Mississippians in Cahokia since their culture died out about 400 years prior to the first recording of the image. Another theory is that Chinese explorers who took Balboa's route from the east coast to the Platte River and down to the St. Louis area. This theory thinks that the Piasa bird is really a painting of a dragon as the emblem of the Chinese empire and was painted here to claim the land. A third theory says it was done by the Lost Tribe of Israel, and the painting depicts the beast prophesied in the Apocalypse by St. John. And lastly, another theory 
is that members of Marquette's party became drastically ill and created the painting in an attempt to appease the devil. While these are all quite interesting pasts to investigate, we'll be exploring the more popular folklore of the painting being attributed to local Native American tribes. The legend of the painting of the Piasa bird done by Native Americans is widespread throughout the local area. For centuries, people recall seeing it high in the bluffs of Alton. No one really knows who painted it, what it is, or how they painted it. It didn't have a name, it just existed. It was not until John Russell that the legend grew to its present-day height and fame. John Russell was born in 1793 in Vermont. He migrated to Illinois as a young child and spent most of his life in Bluffsdale, Illinois. He was a Baptist minister and a writer, and at some point he was a professor of Greek and Latin at Shirtleff College in Upper Alton. In 1836, he published an article entitled the Tradition of the Piasa Bird, the Bird that Devours Men, in a local paper called The Family Magazine. That sounds like a good story for a family magazine, right? Indulge me just a little bit and I'll read the actual text of his story. So, quote, No part of the United States, not even the highlands of the Hudson, can view in wild and romantic scenery with the bluffs of Illinois on the Mississippi between the mouths of the Missouri and Illinois rivers. On one side of the river, often at the water's edge, a perpendicular wall of rock rises to the height of some hundred feet. Generally, on the opposite shore is a level bottom or prairie of several miles in extent, extending to a similar bluff that runs parallel with the river. One of these ranges commences at Alton and extends for many miles along the left bank of the Mississippi. And descending the river to Alton, the traveler will observe, between that town and the mouth of the Illinois, a narrow ravine through which a small stream discharges its water into the Mississippi. The stream is called the Piasa. Its name is Indian and signifies in the Illini, the bird which devours men. Near the mouth of this stream, on the smooth and perpendicular face of the bluff, at an elevation which no human art can reach, is cut the figure of an enormous bird with its wings extended. The animal which the figure represents was called by the Indians the Piasa. From this is derived the name of the stream. The tradition of the Piasa is still current among the tribes of the upper Mississippi and those who inhabited the valley of the Illinois and is briefly this. Many thousand moons before the arrival of the Pale Faces, when the great Megalox and Mastodon whose bones are now dug up, were still living in the land of the green prairies. There existed a bird of such dimensions that he could easily carry off in his talons a full-grown deer. Having obtained a taste for human flesh, from that time he would prey on nothing else. He was artful as he was powerful, and he would dart suddenly and unexpectedly upon an Indian, bear him off into one of the caves of the bluff, and devour him. Hundreds of warriors attempted for years to destroy him, but without success. Whole villages were nearly depopulated, and concentration spread throughout all the tribes of the Illini. Such was the state of affairs when Otuga, the great chief of the Illini, whose fame extended beyond the Great Lakes, separating himself from the rest of his tribe, fasted in solitude for the space of a whole moon, 
and prayed to the Great Spirit, the Master of Life, and he would protect his children from the Piasaw. On the last night of the fast, the Great Spirit appeared to Otuga in a dream and directed him to select twenty of his bravest warriors, each armed with a bow and poisoned arrows, and conceal them in a designated spot. Near the place of concealment, another warrior was to stand in the open view as a victim for the Piasaw, which they must shoot the instant he pounced upon his prey. When the chief awoke in the morning, he thanked the great spirit and returned to his tribe, told them his vision. The warriors were quickly selected and placed in an ambush as directed. Otuga offered himself as the victim. He was willing to die for his people. Placing himself in an open view on the bluffs, he soon saw the Piasa perched on the cliff, eyeing his prey. The chief drew up his manly form to its utmost height, and planting his feet firmly on the earth, he began to chant the death song of an Indian warrior. The moment after, the Piasa rose into the air, and swift as a thunderbolt darted down on his victim. Scarcely had the horrid creature reached his prey before every bow was sprung and every arrow was sent quivering into the feather of his body. The Piasa uttered a fearful scream that sounded far over the opposite side of the river and expired. Otuga was unharmed. Not an arrow, not even the talons of the bird had touched him. The master of life, in admiration of Otuga's deed, held over him an invisible shield. There was the wildest rejoicing among the Lainai, and the brave cheese was carried into triumph to the council house where it was solemnly agreed that in memory of the great event in their nation's history, the image of the Piasaw should be engraved on the bluff. In October of 1847, Russell printed a different version of the story in the Illinois Journal of Springfield. In this version, the Piasaw bird was a giant condor that was killed single-handedly by a single warrior. So what version of this tale is the truth? Neither of them are. So if Russell's story was a lie, a fabricated story, if you will, why is there a giant mural of a ferocious beast on the bluffs in Alton today? Well, near the site of the original painting is a large entrance to a cave. The cave was explored by Russell and others. And Russell said this about the cave, quote, After a long and perilous climb, we reached the cave, which was about 50 feet above the surface of the river. The roof of the cavern was vaulted, and the top was hardly less than 20 feet high. The shape of the cavern was irregular, but as far as I could judge, the bottom would average 20 by 30 feet. The floor of the cavern, throughout its whole extent, was one mass of human bones. Skulls and other bones were mingled in the utmost confusion. To what depth they extended, I was unable to decide, but we dug to a depth of three or four feet in every part of the cavern, and still we only found bones. The remains of thousands must have been deposited here. How and by whom, and for what purpose, it is impossible to conjecture. End quote. It's evident that something occurred in the ancient history of this cave, but what? Russell's explanation in his story seemed better than any other explanation at the time. Even though Russell admitted his story was fabricated, it was almost too late. The story cut on and many people believed it to be true. The legend continued even to relatively recent times. I was told by a friend of mine who attended high school in North County that she recalls being taught the legend of the Piasa bird. 
the story written by Russell was presented as fact. Nothing about Russell's story can be correctly attributed to the original pictograph. In his story, the Piasa has the ability to fly. The accounts of the original painting have no mention of wings. The word Piasa from the Miami, Illinois language actually refers to an entirely different pictograph of an underwater panther. Piasa is the name of a local creek that used to run through downtown Alton, but is now underground in most areas. Marquette's original sketch was lost when his canoe tipped over. A map later drawn by Joliet depicts the underwater panther and not the Piasa bird. So Russell's version of the bird is most likely from a lithograph done by John Casper Wilde in 1841, included on maps of the Alton area. So why is there a giant bird on the bluffs today, and how did it get there? The original painting was somewhat visible until at least 1845. It was done on a high-quality lithographic limestone, most of which was quarried away in the 1870s. Tales of the birds seemed to have diminished for a bit for the next 40 or so years. Then, in the 1920s, an 18-year-old Boy Scout, Herbert Forcade, and his brother painted their version of the Piasa bird on a bluff near Alton. That's one heck of a way to earn your Eagle Scout badge. <laughs> the mural was presented to the city of Alton on October 4, 1924. This rendition of the bird was located at the 600 block of West Broadway in Alton. It's now home to a sand plant. In 1935, it was repainted by a local artist, but then it fell into disrepair. In the 1950s, parts of the image were found during blasting to make room for the new highway that would become the Great River Road. On September 12, 1952, a new Piasa was painted by Busey and Grove. This mural measured 30 by 18 feet. Over time, this version of the painting faded and was not maintained. It was also located next to a quarry and was also eventually blasted away. In the early 1980s, the Rotary Club of Alton Godfrey decided to create a new Piasa bird. Their idea was to have the bird painted on a large metal sign and then bolted to the bluffs. The aluminum sign sculpture would cost about $50,000 and weigh 9,000 pounds. The club set about raising funds for their project. This included t-shirts, buttons, and sweatshirts that sported the phrase, Restore the Piazza! Fundraising did not quite go as planned, and the club was only able to obtain 12,000 of the 50,000 needed. The club approached the National Marine Service in Hartford, Illinois, to help make the sign. The company suggested using a more effective option of steel, and they also offered to donate all labor materials to make the sign. After fabrication, the sign was stored at Wood River Amico Plant. Here it would be painted. It took nine local artists over 500 hours to paint. Now that the sign was done, they needed to devise a way to secure the four and a half ton bird to the side of a bluff. Local companies came to the rescue again. The drilling on the bluff Installation of bolts and the crane used to hoist the bird for the final installation were all donated supplies and services. 
The club needed special permission to transport this giant metal bird sign from the Amoco plant to its home on Norman's Landing in Alton. And all of this was expedited and taken care of by local officials. Quote, In all, more than 250 people in 40 area firms and organizations donated time, resources, and money so that the Pious suburb would once more stand centennial on the Illini Bluff. End quote. The sign was placed at Norman's Landing, now called Great Rivers Park. In 1995, the sign was removed. It became some of a hazard as people were stopping traffic at the road to stop and take pictures of the sign. It was sold to Southwestern High School for $1. The sculpture was repainted and placed by the school's football field. In 1998, the Alton community and the American Legend Society recreated the Piasa bird on the bluffs. The current mural is 48 feet long and 22 feet high. It was done by a local artist from Godfrey, Illinois, Dave Stevens. Every few years, the painting must be redone and touched up. The type of limestone that was used for the painting is rather crumbly and it does not weather very well. In 2001, the Piasa Park opened. The park contains the mural of a bird and plaques retelling Russell's version of the legend. The legend of the Piasa bird lives on. Some people even claim to see a large bird resembling the mural flying over the Alton area. Whatever the Piasa bird actually was and who painted it will always remain a mystery and a topic of local folklore. It is certain, as the people of Alton have proved, it will always have a home high in the bluffs overlooking the Mississippi River. So I encourage you to take a visit to the Great River Road in Alton and check out the mural for yourself. There's a park there and a little bit of the story of uh, Russell and how the park came to be. So thank you for joining me today. You can find me at our website at showmehistorystl.com. Our Twitter is showme underscore history. And Facebook is showmehistorystl. Until next time, I'll see you in the loo.